pictures of what the Holy Spirit is doing. But can we truly say all the Holy Spirit is doing in, in our midst now? Is the Holy Spirit at work in your life? Is the Holy Spirit at work in your life? Church. Aha. For the past past roughly about a month or two, eh? we've been joining with the Holy Spirit and we're trying to decode what he's doing in our midst. I want to believe that you've been very studious with our reflection. If you've been going through your notes and splitting your points, you should be able to say, at least, give a fair idea of what the Holy Spirit is doing right now in the church. Does anyone have anything to say in regard to that? Sharply? Just a sentence. Can we articulate what the Holy Spirit is doing in the church now? The one driving the church. What's the interest of the Holy Spirit right now in the church? And I say for about two to three months now, we'll be handling them in different sessions. Okay, last, last Saturday, how many of us were here last Saturday? Okay, what was the point that the Holy Spirit was laying in our hearts? The presence of God. God's presence. Mm -hmm. Any other points again? Uh, no problem. You can even go to your note now. Even if you have not gone through it before, you can go through it now. No problem. Yeah, go through it and no problem. Gather it. What else again? Do you feel the Holy Spirit is doing? Is he at work with us now? Do you love him? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. What is he doing in your life now? You mean you can't articulate what he is doing in your life now? Then how are you conscious of him? You are speaking religious language. Based on the truth. Uh, 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 don't bring relig religious activities here. He has taught us, given us truths. We've been handling for about two months now, right? You've been writing things down. Oh, every time I see you write, what are you writing? Read it out. Read it out. Just peruse through it and articulate there. He's enriching us with his word. Oh Jesus! <laughs> no worry. I just if I can get one person who will help me, who can prove me right, I'll go ahead. Just one person. But if nobody can say anything, then I'll be forced to go back again. So please, who? Yeah. 
Who will bury the cat? Are you guessing or you are saying it? You have said it well then. <laughs> she said it and looked at me. <laughs> eh? The consciousness of the new life. Okay, what else again? Is she correct? How many agrees with this? Okay, can you say anything in regards to that? Can you add something to it? Mm-hmm. Suppose you're going to tell somebody now that I'm aware this Holy Spirit is with me and this is what he's doing in my life right now. And it's okay. Remember, conscious of new life. And this is and the person is asking you, what do you mean by that? What can you add to elucidate or explain further this? Who will help out? Who else again? Well, you'll be writing it now. Yes, I think we must agree that it's possible for the fact that we now have um, the nature of Christ. Like that one is old, old, that's last year. We're talking about just February, March, April. He's not thinking it. Say, okay, I say consciousness of craving for God's presence. Yes. <laughs> Is there already? Mm. Okay, what did you write first of all? What did you write? Go to uh, plenty. Uh, read what is there. At least you should put them in in uh, box form. Mm? What we have written? Try to as much as possible. Get it in you know point by point. Eh? You mustn't write everything that I'm saying, saying right? But you get a box, so when you go to it, you can have them at a mind in your mind. Oh, is this? You see, I'm trying to help you explain it now. Oh, yes, to make us be conscious of God's presence, conscious of a new life, and each of them has its own impact in one's life. Okay, pick up the Bible quotations that you wrote down too, because I know that why we are doing this, there are Bible quotations that I gave you, we read together, right? Yes. Human life. Romans. Romans six what? Six three. Who, who can vividly tell me what Paul said there without looking at his book or the Bible? <coughs> Everybody that gives it to me, I give the person 5,000. Don't look at the Bible. 5,000 now. Just stand up and just retreat what Paul said in that Romans chapter 6 by 3. Don't look at the Bible. Don't steal. Mm -hmm. so, so. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. yeah, I didn't say you. Oh, I should say exactly. Yes. I've said this. I've said it more than one million times. 
And next time I said, I'll see people writing that quotation again. I say, You are writing it again. <laughs> uh -huh. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. If your consciousness is blessed with a new life, you live in the new life. 5,000 has gone. Going, going, gone. Gone. Don't you know? By life itself. Yes. Mm -hmm. Let me just uh, elaborate this now. Paul says, don't you know that when we were baptized, we were baptized into his death. And as he was buried, you were, I mean, as he died, you died with him. As he was buried, you were buried with him. And just as the father raised him from the dead, you too have been raised to a new life, from the human life to the divine life. So when we say Jesus is raised, you are talk, you're not just talking to Jesus about Jesus alone. Yourself too, you'll be raised. Something has happened to you, having a transition. 5,000 miles. Has just gone. You didn't come. <laughs> the young man there, see if he has around. You have gotten 5,000. Cool. Eh? New money, not old money. <laughs> Very powerful scripture. Don't you know? Paul is asking the church a question. Don't you know that when we were baptized, the meaning of baptism, that when we were baptized, you were baptized into his death. That means you were actually part of Christ in his death, spiritually. Your carcass, your body was here. But by baptism, you were mingled with the spirit of Christ. And as he was dead, you died with him. As he was buried, you were buried with him. And as the father raised him from the dead, you too, your spirit that was in Christ, was also raised to a new life. This is the truth of the Holy Spirit. In other words, you are not living the old life again. What powers this your flesh now is no longer the small life given to you by your parents that is susceptible to force of darkness. You have a new life. That new life is the very life that runs the economy of Jesus Christ himself. That's why the Bible says, when we shall see him, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he truly is. Are we together here? Does that make sense? This is what the Holy Spirit is forcing you to know, to accept. So new life is not a tight ear cover or looking cool or looking religious eh? or saying no. Eh. You can see somebody who is moving like this with force. But what is running that carcass, his body, his bones, his spirit, his life, is the life, the very life of Jesus. Okay, let me take let me take you again. After this one, there's another one again. Romans 8, 11. Don't look at your Bible. Look at me. Who can say it? Yes, let me try that. 
Good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if the spirit of the one that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, in other words, you can truly carry that same spirit. Naturally or humanly speaking, it's not possible. But the Holy Spirit is saying now, I'm the one who made that. Uh, it is possible that you can carry me in your mortal body. He said that same spirit we watch quicken. Say quicken. quicken. So quicken means to give life. It will vibrate your body, your this your body. It will vibrate it until it comes up to the frequency of that spirit. Why is vibrating is that you also move it from human, human, you know, uh, 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 human power to divine power. Physically, everything is okay. But now in the spirit, what powers this your body now becomes the very spirit that rose Christ from the dead. This is the good news. This is the highest investment of God in your spirit, man. Now you must be conscious of this life. This life now God has given to you. You don't celebrate it. You don't cherish it. You see, you you like you see what to dwell and be conscious of the human nature. You are still feeling the flesh. When you are feeling cold, say, I, I'm feeling cold. Oh. You know, you are still your your consciousness is still low. The Holy Spirit wants to jack up your consciousness. He wants to bring you up. If this consciousness becomes your consciousness every day, and you refuse to be lowered, the more conscious you are, the more that life begins to flow out. That's why your mind is very crucial. As, you, as a man thinks, so he becomes. This is what the Holy Spirit is you know, also doing in the church. And the church is going drab about it. Every day he comes and says, Hey, be jacked up. Come alive. The church is still there. Oh, no, 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 no. The indefatigable life. The life that cannot be conquered by cancer. The life that cannot be subdued by witchcraft. That's the life given to you. You are praying, God, deliver me from witchcraft. God is not interested in delivering you. He also gives you a permanent solution that makes you a victor over witchcraft. You don't even bind them. You live with them and dominate them. That's what God wants. And he gave us dominion. Okay. The Holy Spirit... Take this very serious now. The Holy Spirit wants to present a church to the Father. Rather, Jesus has paid a price and has given birth to the church. Okay? He has redeemed the church from darkness, from the grave, from the powers and the civilization of this world. Now he said, Wait! until you are endued with power from on high. Even though he has saved you, you need something to keep you in the new level God has elevated you. That is why on that day of Pentecost, the, the Father sent the Holy Spirit. 
And when he came with what? With sound of thunder and wind. He came and all of them were lighted. So when we talk about carrying the light of God, it's not just living a good life. It's a tangible light. It, it can be seen. You can see it, the flame of the Holy Spirit. He came and rested on each and every one of them. And after some time, it disappeared. But that does not mean it's no longer there. Say it's, 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 it's there. Say it's there. there. Good. Sometimes I feel it. I feel a burning sensation as if there's a fire here. Sometimes it's like a smell of oil. And then you are trying to clean it. <laughs> Each time I forget, I would think maybe there's something, a fly on my head. I will be doing like this. And the more I do it, the more it is still there. Then I'll come back and I remember, I, I, you know, I remember that, oh, the Spirit is just reminding me that He's very present. You have it also, but you are not sensitive to it. So don't say that you are special. I'm not special. We are all in members of the body. The same communion you receive, I receive. Eh? The same Jesus you have, I have. Amen? Amen. The only thing is that the devil has tied your consciousness. And my job is to help you break it up and become conscious, come out of the cocoon and become conscious of God's investment in your life. God does not, he won't give you anything. He will give what he gives you, his spirit gives you that life. That is sufficient to everything, for everything you are looking for. Okay? So, the Holy Spirit also present a church that Jesus has redeemed. Say, I'm redeemed. Say, I've received salvation. I want you to say it from your heart. Say, I'm redeemed. Say, I've received salvation. So, no more deaths. No more sickness. No more bondage. I'm free. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Not we are free. Say, I am free. Okay? Now, this is the church that has been redeemed. That have received salvation. But the church is still in her crude state. That's why Jesus said, wait until I empowered from on high. And that empowerment is actually the gift of the Father to a newborn church. The newborn, a new redeemed church. Now that Jesus has brought us into the family of God, the Father said, ah, welcome my children. Because Jesus has finished his work. As a, a gift of love, he gives us his own spirit. So that we, as we have the spirit of Jesus from salvation, we also have the spirit of the Father in us. And that's why we say in our creed, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, and what? The, the Lord and the Lord, the giver. Which life is he giving? This new life. You confess it every time in church, but you don't even think about it. I say you believe in him. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and the giver of life, uh -huh, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. From the Father and the Son is adored and glorified. Where? In my life. You are the center. Can you see? The love of God is here. Love of Christ is here. The Holy Spirit brings it to your life. And now he lives in the temple he has built for himself. And what is that temple? Your body. Your body is not meant for, you don't, your body is not just for beauty. It is actually a temple owned by a spirit. 
So he is not dwelling inside of you. Okay? He's a Lord and the giver of life. That's the only spirit that has power to give the life of divinity. No other spirit can give the life of divinity. So that spirit now has taken the church, has given the church new life. This church better from dungeon of death, of darkness, and of sin. Now he has saved him through the sacrificial work of Christ. Okay? Wash in the blood of the Lamb. Now the church is in a pilgrim journey. It's moving. And the Holy Spirit is now trying to train the church to be like their father, Jesus. He's training the church now to begin to act like Jesus. Because by nature is of Jesus. By life is of Jesus. By spirit is of Jesus. But in reality, the church is not like, like Jesus. Hello? Now listen to me. If I see you, that's those... Then after I'll come and be asking questions again, he say he can't remember. If I see you do, if you if you move from home to come and come and doze, you will come and stand here until we finish my program. I can't be sweating here like this and you're dozing. <laughs> I understand, eh? We are weak. Hmm? The peace here is too much. That's why we really go off okay uh -huh. but i want you to listen i want you to catch this thing it will settle a lot in your life and you'll be happy with yourself mm? okay so the holy spirit is taking us on a journey from salvation this is salvation okay right this is a church redeemed by christ christ died on the cross here okay mm? this is the cross here now the church is on a, on a, on a journey to the promised land the heavenly kingdom, right? This is the world. And here it's full of darkness. Eh? There's darkness all over this way. And the church is moving. Now the Holy Spirit has come with light to move in the, re in the regions of darkness here. Because we, the light you need is not your headlamp of your car or electric light. You will need a spiritual light to see this earth in its true color. If you are seeing the earth only with the light of the sun, you won't see gems, you won't see devils, you won't see, you won't see the things that brings you know, destruction to the earth. But with that light on your head, it will inspire you and provoke other senses of your life to come alive. You can see into the realm of the spirit. You can perceive into the realm of the spirit because of that light. Are we together here? Amen. Amen. That's the reason for the light. You have it already. You have it, but you can quench it with sin. You can quench the fire of that light by sin, by rebellion, by living a carnal life, by living for yourself instead of living for Christ. That light will go down. But if you are living for Christ purposely, that life will keep burning, shine, you know, brighter and brighter. Christ said, "Let your light." He didn't say even my light. He said, "Let your light so shine that men may see it." You have a responsibility to put your light, you know, to burn brighter. He said, "You are the light of the world." So if I step into my family without light, I say, hi, how are they? And I'm relating with them. I'm not just relating with my human nature. I'm relating with the light. My presence in that place has capacity by my light to determine the condition of that place spiritually. You call on the place by the power of that light. As I'm here teaching you now, 
I'm not teaching you from my brain. It's not from some books I read. I'm trusting the ministration of that light. It has the ability to communicate to my understanding and give me wisdom. That when I open my mouth, I'll be relating to you. Text, not of human, human origin, but text as it is, you know, uh, scribed in the spirit. Because of that light, you have it also. Ch cherish it, cherish it. Say, so I have the light. In the name of Jesus. Now, I want you to close your eyes and announce to yourself. Say, I have a light. I have a light in me. Say, I have the light of Christ. Is in me. In the name of Jesus. Now, picture it. Picture that light now on your head. If you like, in your heart. Picture it. It's there. Through your imagination, interact with it. You receive it. That's why we have the candle at the altar to remind us that there's a perpetual light we carry as, God, as God's people. And that light has a lot of influence in your environment. Amen. Now, as we're on, this, on this journey, moving from this realm of salvation through the world full of darkness, Isaiah 6 it says, Arise and shine for your light. Mm, has it come truly? Has it come truly? Don't ever come to me again and ask me if I said do something for me. You have equal light now. Are you hearing me now? Don't come and ask me if I said do something for me. You have light also. You have, go and use it. Light your touch. Rise now. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Arise and shine. You are the one to arise. Arise. Why are you still sitting down? Arise and shine. For what? Eh. Thanks be to God. Even there's even some extra on it. For what? For the glory of God is risen of Ravincent. Oh, even you too. Okay. You can see that. So you are carrying two heavy, you know, spiritual investments. Light and what? Glory. You will never share your glory with anybody. It's not true. He's sharing the glory with us. You have his glory mounted on you. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to quicken the church to wake up and understand. So I have the glory of God upon my life. Now, why did he give us light? Why did he give us glory? Why did he come and share his glory with you? It's because you, he, he loves you so much. You are in his duty. He wants you to traverse this darkness well armed. Stop playing baby, baby Christianity. No. You have it. Anybody telling you every time that all they see in your life is death, death, death. I see death in your life. Every time. All the prophecies is uh, destruction. They are, they are not seeing clearly. They are blind. The true light is the gospel. It is the word of God. They want to kill you. They can't kill you. Say there is a glory upon my life. That's why they can't kill you. Oh, they want to finish you. They can't. Why? There is a light upon you. My light has come. No matter how dark the world is, no matter how wicked the world is, you have what it takes to deal with it. It's called the light of God. 
Do you agree with me? Yes. Then shout a big amen. Amen. Yes. Stop playing worldly rationality. Dwelling on human wisdom and you are, you are boasting about it. You are destroying yourself. The more you understand this light and this glory, the more humble you become. The more you, you are no longer proud of self. The energy of self will dissipate. When I see Christians who are, who are braggadocious, who are arrogant, I pity them because I know they are slaves of darkness. Their interest is to show you more of things of this world. They brandish you more. They, they try to tell you how they are blessed, not by the light and glory, but by the maternities they have. It's an insult to the Holy Spirit. Your achievement is not material things. And that's the biggest lie the enemy has communicated to us. The poor of the world can boast about that. They can boast about how much they have acquired in this world. But the greatest treasure of heaven over your life that gives you legality, that makes you a bona fide child of God, is the light of God upon you and his glory mounted upon you. Everything is rubbish. Paul said, whoever wants to boast, let him boast in the Lord. When you wake up in the morning, where does your mind go to first? Is it in the glory? Is it in the light? Oh, Father, thank you for your glory upon my life. I thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. Oh, I'm fully loaded. I'm externally guarded. Then as you're driving to work, you're not conscious of your makeup and your dress. You're conscious of glory. Yes, the dress is okay. It's secondary, but there's something more. With all the designer suit we put on, still, you go to office, those who are fighting you will put charm for you and it will say catch you. And you will remove those suits by force. But it's a suit God gave you. That you step into a place, every form of sorcery is broken. The light you carry is too powerful. It shuts down systems. Unconsciously, you're not even aware. I remember many years ago as a young priest, just three, four years in the priesthood, where I was with some, you know, in the, in the mission land. I would come out from the Pathfinder's house and the very heavy village environment, but they are very much into witchcraft and charm making. And I'll just come and strolling with children and be going to greet people, touching them and all that. All of a sudden, each time I come out like that, you young boys, we just run away. They'll just be moving. They're going to say, yeah, he's coming. They just start disappearing. All the children come. So one day, I was not asking, ah, these young boys, they're not coming again to see me. I mean, to interact with me and all that. One say, Father, ha, no. They want to come close to you. I say, why? They say, an occultic, a very occultic man. I think I come around, around them and greet them, their charms will spoil. I say, ah, their charm. I say, what? He say, ah, all these boys, they have a she charm, they have a charm for this, they have charm for that. That when you come around and just uh, greeting people, they, they go back and they, they start feeling empty. I say, what? That's when God began to take him on a journey of the light we carry. And the glory he has invested on us. 
I did not even know. I was just serving God on my own. But I didn't know my greeting was something else. It was a warfare. Amen? Amen. You have it. You have it. Arise and shine. That's what you lack. But this word is coming to you. You will rise. Amen. Amen. If you are boasting, boast based on the investment God has placed on you. Boast from the realm of that light. When somebody pushes you to the wall and is trying to go spiritual and try to threaten you, tell him, sorry, you have met the wrong person. You open your eyes. You know, you open your eyes with both and look at his eyes and say, you are threatening me, not with your size, not with your physical thing, but, oh, sorry, for doing that. Anything you say based on that consciousness comes to pass. Oh, you think it don't come to pass? Try it and see. Anything you say based on that glory will come to pass. Do you believe that? Yes. Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, you need to believe it because as you are traversing this world full of darkness, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness in the people. This, the Bible, Jesus addresses this world as what? This is a wicked and perverse. Perverse what? Generation. Peter calls it what? A crooked. Then some people call it Generation X. You have Generation Z, Z, eh? Z, X. Which one again? <laughs> they give it all kinds of generation. They try to give it a sweet name. Yeah? There's a white generation. I don't know. Okay? But we're passing through generations. And each generation is controlled by civilizations. Wicked civilizations that control and shape the minds of people. That determine how they respond to life. These generations and civilizations that are characterized by this darkness produces the things we see as a world of today. Fashion, lifestyle, things we cherish in this world. All of a sudden they say it's time to control them. They decide and they, they fashion something. And everybody will go for it and they, well, 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 they, we, we're chasing it. We're chasing it. They are just how they control men and women in this dimension. So, but with your light, as you are passing through it, there's wickedness. Killings are going on. All forms of witchcraft, sorcerers are going on. All forms of charms, demonic operations, heavily civilized demonic operations are going on. They all appear as normal things, but behind the scenes, there are power demonic forces. In politics, you find them. In commerce, you find them. In all forms, all fields of life, you will find agents of darkness seated and perpetuating the agenda of the devil. And this has heavy impact in the life of people. They hack into people's culture and truncate it and twist people's minds. Destroy destinies. They shape your mind and make you slaves. Slave to material things. They entrench fertility, carnality, and what? Futility, carnality, and what? 
vanity. <laughs> you have forgotten these three ones again. The three cultures that run the economy of darkness is futility, is carnality, is vanity. Don't tell me you've forgotten this one also. It's a culture. Futility is to control the minds of people to the point where God is completely excluded in their affairs. This is what has given rise to secularism. When Nigeria is saying we are a secular country, and we are a secular country, they are saying that God, we, have, we don't need God to control what we do. You see the point? Uh huh. Secularism is a system that exists independent of God's value. And that is controlled by futility. Vanity is that system where human beings live on net. The reason for all the activities is just because of food, shelter, and sex. All the money we are making is just for us to suffer these three things. Nothing more. You are living for food. You are living for clothing. You are living for family life. There is nothing more about your life beyond that realm. That is what is called what? Vanity. Carnality is inordinate passions. Living the life of pleasure. Cozy environments. All forms of sweet, cool life. You don't want skin pain. Pleasure, any pleasure you want, you just go for it. You buy it. You know? In different forms. Jesus said, whoever wants to save this life, we do what? Uh -huh. And the, 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 the life of carnality is a life of saving oneself. But whoever loses his life by refusing to live based on these things, but living and burning out his energy for the kingdom of God, he said, this one will gain his life. So the devil will always promote fertility, vanity and carnality that's where he lives that's where he dwells and as long as he is able to make one beings to live perpetually in these three dimensions of life he can instill sickness he can bring hardship he can turn their destinies and destroy it he can keep men and women in bondage exhibiting all forms of wickedness so if you want to live above his wickedness and his oppression of darkness live above fertility live above carnality live above what Vanity. You cannot have so much passion for material things and he will not, he will not snare you. He will attack you. Don't pray against sickness. Live above the thing that produces sickness. Are we together here? Yes. You don't get this now. <laughs> it's like once you say it like this, you understand it. But after one week, <laughs> please. It will not go again in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Yes. yes. The devil fears men and women having this type of knowledge because it gives you superiority over their oppressions. When vanity is coming, I can sense it. You see in the, gospel, in the, in the readings of today, when the disciples were distracted with food, because of food, eh, the Hellenist committee were complaining that the Jewish committee were not sharing free equally and immediately peter sensed it and said no our job is not to, not to share food but to pray and preach the word of god 
Vanity was already coming in. You see, in your life, what has dominated your mind and your life? Is it vanity? Is it vanity? Have material things, but let your soul not be attached to it. Don't count it as success. Material things are not success. No matter what. Jesus said man's life does not depend on the abundance of the things he has. But the abundance of the light and the glory of God at work in that soul. That's what makes heaven to respect you. So if you want to pass this word of wickedness, that even Jesus himself, the creator of each universe, say he's a wicked and what? Perverse generation. Himself has called, that, called it that name. You want to pass through this world eh, quietly, and eh, nothing will touch you. Is the lie. The, 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 the wickedness in this world will come after you. If you're not vested in the light, if you're not vested in the glory, you will just be suffering the bondage and be praying. And many Christians have found themselves in that dimension. I refuse to be oppressed. I refuse to be limited. I refuse to be sick. Ah, When you say that, you're not just being braggadocious. No. You are speaking to a system that picks men and turns them to become poopers by inflicting on them all forms of wickedness. As what wickedness he rebuked behind it and he was rebuking it. And once he rebuked the spirit, the sickness disappeared. So, these are the things that the Holy Spirit wants to bring to our consciousness as the body of Christ. But we have some Christians are aligning with the wisdom of the world, they believe more what men out there are saying more than what God has said. I'm not against the wisdom of the world, but when you want to place the wisdom of the world above the wisdom of God as a Christian, you're not a Christian. You trust them more. You believe in them more. You talk about them more. He said, he said, he said. What did Christ say? Have you challenged me with what Christ said? Well, come on, challenge me with what they said. And they said this, they said this, and they said it. And you believe them hook, line, and sinker. John said, even though we believe the report of men, the report of God is what? I can't hear you. So please share with me the greater testimony and not the testimony of men. Even themselves who are giving that report, themselves don't believe you. don't believe in it 100 percent Yes. But you come, they use you as a specimen for all their mental articulations. They will be trying the drug on you all the time. Because you believe so much on them. They will even give you things that when they start destroying you, they tell you we did our best. So I think I shared with you about a woman that after operation, they left a very mighty scissors in her tummy. Very mighty scissors in her tummy. And they kept quiet. And the woman came and they scanned the place and they found it was there and they hid it. Praying that she should die. So the case woke up. What I'm trying to say is that don't become too carried away by all that men say. 
Because every man speaking to you is also struggling with a wound. We are all sick. The only person who is not sick is God. And now I say, I, the Lord thy God, am your healer. He's one who understands our situation more than any other person. And the Holy Spirit wants to engrave this knowledge into us that we begin to understand the ways of God. He wants us to be conscious of a life that if you and I can begin to engage it, live with it, draw strength from it as we traverse this world of darkness and wickedness and witchcraft and all kinds of bondage, we have what it takes to pass through the valleys or the shadows of death and we shall fear no evil. This realm of life is the realm of death. You combat with death every day. Two of us. <laughs> death is at the nook and cranny of every system of this world, everywhere. Death will also find its expression. Schools, on the roads, in the marketplaces, everywhere, death is going around. The Bible says, he's moving like a roaring lion looking for who to devour. All you call accident is a well-calculated manipulation from the realm of the spirit, no matter how it presents itself. Let me say it again. Everything you call accident is not accident. It's a well-calculated manipulation from the realm of the spirit. Why is it that sometime an accident is going to happen tomorrow? God will show us now. It's because it has happened in the spirit. It has been cooked up in the spirit. And they are waiting for it to be enforced in the physical. Somebody will die in the spirit, but physically on earth is moving around. Then tomorrow, they enforce that thing into his life and he now see him physically. Look at Jesus praying for Peter. Say, Peter. The devil has planned to swift you like a wheat from his chaff. But I prayed for you. If Jesus did not pray for Peter, Peter would have never come back as an apostle. From that denying of Christ, he would go forever. But because I prayed for him, Peter still came back. He saw it in the spirit. Anything that plays out here has already played out in the spirit. Do you accept that? Yes. Good. Everything is in a state of rest until a force is applied before it moves. Nothing moves by itself. So this life that the Holy Spirit is telling us to be conscious of is what it, is what it takes to be able to deal with this. You cannot just speak to death anyhow. You cannot just speak to spirit anyhow. You need an energy of life that when you come, it is that energy that transmits with these realities. When you are praying, you are generating energy from that life. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man, that's what, produces tremendous power. And it is what? Effectual in his doings. Say this life. Say this life. Life. Say this life, this life is, in me. is in me. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
in the name of Jesus. Be conscious of it. This life is eternal life. <laughs> if you are conscious of this life, listen, heaven is yours already. You have been given a certificate for heaven. Anytime you finish from earth here, you just walk in. Because heaven is a gift by this life. You're not getting it at all. No, 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 no. I know you will, go, you, will, you will still go and be singing. When you come to collect your people, remember me, O Lord. When you understand this, you won't sing that song again. Because you're not a, you're not a, 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 a spaceship to be remembered. You are a member already. You are in already. You are here a full kingdom citizen on assignment. You have a homeland. I'm here on the papers. Anything you are doing, you are conscious of where you have come from. Houses, cars are secondary. You are just here to uh, facilitate your assignment. They are nothing to boast about. Your money are instrument to facilitate your God-given assignment. That's why you must find out why you are here. God is not until that you come here and sit down and say, hey, look at me, I'm alive. <laughs> sit down. Everything, just the, oh, <laughs> we're here, we're just looking at life. <laughs> you are confused. You have lost your way. You're on a journey. You came and built that at the airport. You say, I'm going to stay there. They'll tell you, okay, sorry, you can't build here. You are passing here on pilgrimage. So anything you have here should be instrument to advancing why I am here. I'm here to bring about a purpose of the kingdom assignment in my life. But vanity has trapped some people and now for them, life is apple. Life is house. Life is achievement here. They say, oh, what about life though? Oh, I thank God though. Uh, that's why it's them. Let's go to heaven. They say, no, for them, here is their heaven. They can't see beyond. Vanity has blinded them. Are we blessed? Yes. Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, you can't traverse in this world and be a victor without we just we just met prayers and then going to church and coming back. No, no, no. You will be a victim. You'll be a victim. All the people who have this life, the reason they come on church on Sunday is that we assemble as senators legislators were the executors of the word of God. So when we come on Sunday, we are coming to just rejuvenate. We are coming to see each other again and say, hi, how far? How is the journey? I hope you are fulfilling destiny. I hope you are fulfilling destiny. I hope we are here in one accord, one spirit, one hope, one baptism. That's the reason why we come together. Coming to church does not take to heaven. It's like you're a worker. Maybe you're working with Jules Berger or any of these companies and once a week, you could come together to evaluate and look at a, like, you know, the roadmap of what and what is the future. You do that even in your different sectors of life, through of us. <laughs> but vanity has torn the minds of us on oh, Sunday. No, I must fulfill my own obligations. So when I die, I go to heaven. No, 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 no. Yeah, I see a, a, a puppet in the spirit. We are coming as senators, the ecclesia. You come, and why we are mass? You are assessing yourself. The Bible says, who, he who judges himself shall be judged by God. You are giving us, you are giving report. 
of the week, what and what you achieved according to the purpose and plan of the kingdom. And so we are singing, I believe in one God. We are singing that we are singing in one accord. We are still operating the same template of Christ. Are we together here? Here's the point. Please, that phone, if I catch it, it will be gone forever. Put it on silence. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So that we arrive here. We're arriving with a light. We're arriving with a glory. There's a light. Okay. On our head. If you like. There's a glory. We're glory with. That is our true identity. If you show up in heaven without this light, without this glory, you are coming like that man who entered the wedding guest without the wedding gown. And Jesus said, who is that man there without the wedding garment? Please send him away to go and uh, stay with uh, those who are weeping and grinding their teeth. Say, so I have the light. So I have the glory. So I have the light. So I have the glory. So that's the more reason why, because you are conscious of this, anger should not move you again. You are too vested with something precious for you to be acting petty with anger, with, with bitterness, with worldly character. Being saucy and getting all kinds of, you know, this fleshy type of thing. You become, you debase yourself, you bring yourself low by getting involved with this petty, petty rivalry and unnecessary misunderstanding. See, acting as if you are a, you are in abuse. When God has lifted you, you bring yourself down again. You still want to live the humanistic life, the animal life. What is found among beasts is what is found among people who are not living by the glory. That's why you have to force yourself and refuse. When that situation is created, you refuse to be involved. You are going to be a fool to retain and sustain the integrity of the light and the glory. Paul said, We are fools for Christ. Somebody offends you. This person offended you. Do you bring case? You say, sorry, oh, sorry, sorry. Be a fool. So you can secure your treasure. Not excuse me. I can't take this. No. We are in abuse. If they search in the spirit, the life running you is not a human life, it's a beast life. No. That's why I say if they slap you on one cheek, give the right cheek. In the eyes of man, it's foolishness, but child of God, it is what? Glory. It's dominion. But if you lack this understanding, then it doesn't make sense to you. When you have this life, you don't protect yourself. You are eternally protected. You are eternally protected. You don't run away when this life is running your life. You don't run away. You are not the one on the wrong. They are the ones on the wrong. 
this is where God has brought you. Shout a big amen. amen. Are you listening now? Because as you listen, as your heart is open to this truth, I don't need to pray for you. As you are saying, yes, Lord, this is me. Father is talking to me. As you are accepting it, it is confirmed and formed in your heart. You rise with a character staying with this understanding. You start walking in the light of it. He said this is fulfilled in your hearing. No more quarrels. Life. <laughs> no more quarrels. Say more prophetically. Say I have a life. I have a life. No more quarrels. No more, no more misunderstanding. No more I refuse to live in bitterness. In the name of Jesus Christ. Say I have a light. No more darkness. In the name of Jesus Christ. No more fear. No more, no more doubts. No more, doubt. no more ignorance. No more, no more unbelief. No more I'm the light of my world. Say, my prophet, I'm the light of my world. I'm the light of my world. In Jesus' name. Go to your family. Turn down the tempo of the energy running the corner of your family. Turn it down. Stop being carnal all the time. All the time. Don't make a mockery of the life God has given to you. So the Holy Spirit is leading us to become responsible Christians, clothed with a life of God, clothed with the presence of His glory. Responsible Christians who assume the office of the Master, running the economy of His Kingdom on earth until he comes. He said, do business till I come. Do business. Engage what I've given to you. Bear fruit that will last. Bear fruit. Without life. Any day witches come and locate you and they look and they say, hey, we can't tell this one, no. you have bear the fruit of life. They go with the testimony. Heaven clap and say, yes, one of us has represented us well in so place. Don't know that? The Bible says Jesus went about doing good. <coughs> you meet someone, you are moved to share the gospel. Say, sister, how are you? I see you feel troubled. What's the matter? You are a skillful person in the spirit. You are a fisherman. You are coming to fish now. You are seeing a, a fish troubled, but you want to catch this fish and give it a higher life. As you are there, you assume a position of help. Oh, sorry. I know what you are passing through. God will be with you. And you start calming the person. You start casting the person. He calms down. Then he finds confidence in you and opens up. You begin to talk normal, just on a normal level. I know, even myself too. I passed through some of things some time ago. You know, it's not easy. Life is not fair. But you know, we can't give up. We can't give up. God is so good. If we, if we put our trust in God, he can help us. And then gradually, gradually, you'll now find out. Are you a Christian? Help you in this type of trouble. He said, I pray, no, I pray. I don't know why my is going so different. He said, Yes, it's true. Myself, too. I felt it the same way. Sometime ago in my own past, it was so difficult. But you know, I didn't give up. There's something I trusted in God because the Bible says, Child of God, you have entered the ocean. You are catching a fish right now. As you are showing the person, you don't know. The Holy Ghost stands by you. 
Because this soul is in distress. As you are just sharing the few things, just share your experience. When this happened to me, I did this and I did it. God touched me. I believe the same God. He's the same for all of us. The same yesterday, today, and forever. We are all Christians. Whether you are a Catholic, whether you are in that church, it doesn't matter. But I know that our faith will always save us. Let us pray together. You have opened this person's heart. And because you are conscious of what? Huh? You are conscious that a spirit is with you. Have you forgotten? There's a spirit going with us anywhere we go. Now you are bearing fruit at that point in time. As you hold the hand of this sister, you are not praying based on your power. You're not praying based on the fact that you know how to do it. Your confidence is in the presence. Your confidence is in the presence. And as you are holding this person's hand, you are praying. As you are praying, you are telling Holy Spirit, I have to take over now. I'll bring my own part. And as you make the connection in the spirit, then the spirit will start giving words to say. And you just start saying simple prayer. You don't need to be true. Just simple prayer. But prayer with conviction. At the end, you say, Holy Spirit, I know that from today, this person's case takes a new leaf. This thing tormenting my sister will not torment her again. Then you stand by that spirit in your consciousness and say, you spirit of darkness, harassing this my sister. You spirit, you know that situation should have a name. You call the spirit behind that situation and then speak to it by the spirit of God. That spirit will see you shine out this light or this, this uh, glory and give up on this sister. Tomorrow, he comes to and says, sister, thank you. I went home, eh? You can imagine. This is my case. Turn out this way. He said, oh, thank you to God. Hey, before you know this, sister, please pray for me again. Heaven will mark you. Oh, someone has bad fruit. Fruit that has lasting impact. Shout a big amen. amen. This is how God gives opportunity. For some of you, they come and share with you. After sharing with you, you say, eh? Hey, oh, wow. What you're saying is, this one. You want to come and use this name to come and pollute my mind. Me, I'm serving my God, though. Sorry, sister. God will help you. Amen. You walk away. You are a failure to the kingdom. You are a disgrace to the kingdom. I'm not, I, I'm not powerful like that. Too. You God say you are powerful. I cannot do it. Who can do it? As the Father has sent me with this life and this glory, with this presence, so do I send you. Come on. You are surrounded by multitude of witnesses. Heaven is watching every day. You are, you, are, you, are, you are blowing up opportunities for the kingdom to enter the life of people. This person had confidence in you and came and shared with you his problem. You don't pray. You don't correct the spirit. God is trusting you for this purpose. But you want him to solve your problems. I remember many years ago, the Lord said, my son, any problem is solving life of people will never visit you again. Shout to me again, man. So when I see troubles in people's lives, I take it as a personal trouble. And I pray with this person in faith. And it's extinguished. And when the testimony comes, I know in my aeon, this sickness can never show up because I have what it takes to deal with it again. If you kiss snake today, kiss snake tomorrow. If I now come next tomorrow, you will still uh, kill it. 
Say, I have a life. I have a life. Say, I have a life. I have a life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I live by this life. I live by this glory. Amen. Let's look at the Bible. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. So beautiful. So beautiful. Are we there? Yes. Ephesians chapter 2. Okay, I'll read from verse 1. It says, And you and you were dead in trespasses and, and sins. You were, you were. That language is very critical. Learn to read the Bible the way it is. He said, and you were dead. You were. That means that happened in the past, right? Yeah. Are we together here? Yeah. Good. He said, you were dead in trespass and sins in which you once walked. Following the curse of this world. You see, that means the curse of this world is a walk in the death of the trespasses of sin and transgression. There's a curse running this world. There's an economy running this world. There's an economy of what? Of death. And many are walking in it. You will see human beings walking around, but what powers their existence is not the light of God. It's what? Is the light of death, if you like. Is the energy of death at work in them. So it says, in you, you were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the curse of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. As we have sons of obedience in Christ, we only have the sons of what? Disobedience. And there's a spirit at work in them. When you see the people of the world and the way they are doing things, you will know that those things are not achievable by human intellect alone. There's a spirit backing them, them up. Do you agree with me? And sometimes they, they even confess it. Most of the celebrities, you listen to them, sometimes they will tell you, a spirit is in me at work. He said, that spirit inspires my music, inspires my whatever I'm doing that makes me celebrity. You try to be like them, you cannot. Until that spirit enters you too. You know what? There's a spirit at work in this world. It's called the spirit of what? Disobedience. Call it, let me hear you. The spirit of what? Yes. The spirit of disobedience. Among whom we all was lived in the passion of our flesh. So, when you see passion of the flesh, which has to do with carnality, eh? the passion of the flesh, especially what the preface of Lent calls the inordinate passion. Inordinate. Passions that, are, that doesn't give God a space. All kinds of fun, all kinds of entertainment, 
that stifles the spirit of God. They are all called passions, inordinate passions. And it says, we all walk in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desire of the body, not the desire of God. You see? And of the mind, and we're by nature children of wrath. So you see people, you no, know, bouncing, but as far as they're concerned in the spirit, they're what? They're children of wrath. Jesus said, by their fruit, you shall know them. That's why you don't make celebrities your mentors. Because you don't know what spirit is leading them. I like this person. And the way he acts, this acting, what is it all about? What is this person generating? I just like their style. You are deceived. They create passions of the body. They have the ability to awaken you carnality. There's a music they put on now. Before you know it, you feel like vibrating. The music will start shaking your leg. Hey, you know, you are sitting before you know it, you are doing like this. It's vibrating passions out of your system. And before you know it, you start dancing. And from dancing, pictures start coming. You start imagining things. It has the ability to create evil inside you. That's why you see music, there's a way music will play, especially the type of music that, that is on. If it's a worldly music, before you know it, things that you never wanted, you see yourself doing it. It is intoxicating. Bro, of course. You are looking at me as if what I'm saying is a strange thing from somewhere. <laughs> and there's a spirit responsible for it. The Bible calls him the spirit at work. In the children of disobedience. As you see them, there's a spirit behind them at work in them. That spirit is not a good spirit, it's a spirit of disobedience. That's the spirit that took hold of our youths. Many of our youths are carried away by this spirit. It's called the spirit of rebellion. They desire vain things, they go after things that holds no water. They can relinquish. System that will build them strong in future, they can abandon their school because of this type of lifestyle. They want to be like this person. They want to be like this person. And when the spirit starts working, working in you, the first thing it kills, it kills your passion for prayer, passion for God. Church becomes something that you detest. When you tell you, let's go to church, mm, there's this resistance you, you put up with. That's why I want parents. Any child that is under your control, any day, say, let us pray. Or let us go to church. And he, the child hisses. That day, boil water with towel, soak the water, put it on his head. Let him wake up. You are raising a beast. I'm telling you. If you are a parent and you have a child or is a, a child under your roof and he's, he's already insulting your God in your presence, and you are there laughing. You are finished. God will use him as a political on you because it's your, it's your fault. The God that raised you and blessed you, you, you even prayed for that child to come. Now he has come. The devil has colored that child now and he's used against you and you are taking for granted. Next day, he will come and beat you black and blue. Amen? So we must understand this. He's called the spirit of what? Disobedience. At work in the lives of people. 
You're under my roof, we must pray together. We must pursue the same dream. If you don't want it, keep obeying me. The day you leave, you have your own house. If you like, go and invite the devil. And let's do the altar in your house. No problem. But now, in my own. What is the... Joshua said what? I am what? We shall what? You. Seek whom you will serve. It's a law. It's a law. I can't feed you. I can't shelter you. Then you come and insult the God that provided for me to shelter you. He is there, gradually begin to mock your God by detesting things that honor God in the house. Are we together here? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Because sometimes new parents are the ones who encourage that laxity. Come, let us pray. Mommy, I'm tired. Hey, okay. Make sure you pray. You are filled. You're not just dealing with your son. You are dealing with a spirit that has taken access into your house through that channel called your child. And as Jesus saw the one that came to Peter, what did he say? What did he say now? Yeah. Hey. He rebuked that spirit. And dealt with Peter. I'm sure after that, he copped and sat him down and said, you see this thought you thought was not normal. He schooled him. He schooled him. Anytime you see any form of rebellion, resistance, especially to things that honor God, this spirit is at work. And parents will pamper their children with that kind of spirit. And don't worry, when he grows, you will have sense. No problem. The child continues to get spoiled, pick up all kinds of habits, continues on at a point. Even you that gave birth to that child, you say, wow. Is that a child I know I, 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 that suckled me? How did he turn to be like this? It's your fault. Your children shall not be among the sons of disobedience in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and of the mind, and were by nature children of God's anger. That spirit turns you to become someone who will carry the nature that attacks the anger of God. Like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together. Hey, this is what the Holy Spirit is revealing to us. God has done what? Made us what? Alive. Together with who? It's like you're not following me at all. Are you looking at the Bible at all? Read it, let me hear you. Let us alive together with Christ. Very powerful sentence. This is what the Holy Spirit will reveal to us. God has made us alive. Say, I'm alive. <laughs> you can be alive in the flesh, but dead in Christ. But you can be alive in the flesh and also alive in Christ. Double 
living, if you like. I'm alive in Christ. I'm alive in Christ. In the name of Jesus. Is a life in me. I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm alive in Christ. God in his mercy has made us alive together with Christ. That means what he's trying to say together with Christ means the very life that runs Christ is a very life God has granted you to be a partaker of. Hallelujah. So each time we look at Christ, we see that the life in him is the life we have. That's the greatest gift God has given to us. We don't deserve it. But he gave it to us out of his mercy. It is the mercy of God that bequeathed to you the life of Christ. I refuse to be down. Now that can sink, I will not sink. Because there's a life in me that keeps me up. God has made us alive. Did he say God is going to make us alive? What did he say? God uh -huh. made. The word made is what? Is it present or past tense or future tense? So it has happened already. That means, child of God, you are already alive where? Not in the world. You are alive where? In Christ. Your real life is no longer in this world. Your real life is now in Christ. He has made us alive in Christ. I'm alive in Christ. I'm living my life from the realms of Christ. May the Holy Spirit give you understanding in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. He said, by grace, verse 5, by grace you have been saved. Verse 6, and raise us up with him. Number 2. Raise us up with who? With him, with Christ. Things are happening now. Hmm? Things are happening. The first is what? He quickened us. He made us to be alive. Some alive. Number two, raise us up. Oh God, I'm praying that you raise me up. May you promote me. Oh God. May you lift me up. Uh -uh. You've been lifted already. In your spirit man. That's been captured. In Christ. The way Christ, Christ was raised. You too have been raised. Shout a big amen. amen. I enforce this reality to your spirit man. You are living here in the testimony of this world. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Everything in you that is still down. May it receive power. May it be activated. To experience the rising power of God in your life in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. No more down. No more down. Don't be down again. Hmm? Yeah. Tell your neighbor, don't be down again. Don't be down again. Mm -hmm. Yes. When somebody comes to you and starts telling you stories that are down, tell the person, sorry, sorry, can we change the topic? Change the topic. Don't expose yourself to talks that are down. Okay? If the person talks too much, you can say, sorry, I'm coming. I have something to meet up with. Leave that place and don't pollute your spirit with talks for the down people who have come up in Christ. This phone is crying that I will possess it. <laughs> hmm. People are trying me. Okay? It's an insult to have that phone make noise before the best sacrament. And don't tolerate it. Please. Amen. Amen. These are the things that the Holy Spirit is trying to bring to our understanding. He said you have been made alive with Christ. So that you can become a dispenser of this life. 
this life carries an energy. Okay? Be conscious of it all the time. This same life has raised you up with Christ. You've been raised. So he has raised you up. This life has made you alive. It has quickened you. Why you are still on earth here? Not when you are in heaven. Now you are here. All this has happened in your spirit now as a Christian. So what makes the Christian life in you beautiful is that you are a testimony of the life of Christ in you. You are a testimony that you've been raised with Christ. Stop being petty about issues of your life. Okay? Are we together here? So I've been raised. So I've been raised. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, let's continue. Verse, um, verse 7. Okay, let's take, take it again from verse 5. And even when we're dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him where? In the earth. <laughs> oh, Jesus, this is great. This is number one, number two, number three, and say the word, and seated us. With Christ. Where? In heavenly Three great things that happened as the life was ushered into you. First, you were made alive together with Christ. So I'm alive together with him. He's alive. I'm alive. Shout a big amen. amen. He is raised. I'm raised. Shout a big amen. amen. He is seated in the heavenly places. I am also seated in the heavenly places. That is the dividends of his pastoral ministry in my life. I'm not praying to be raised. I'm not praying to be seated with him. I'm already there. I live in a consciousness of a seated, of a seat on high. Far above principalities, the Bible says. Far above witches. Far above powers. Far above sickness. Far above all forms of carnality, fertility, and what? And vanity. I'm above all those nonsense. So when the enemy comes around me to come and perch around me, he doesn't find me in that realm. But whenever you come down and he finds you there, he hurts you. I tell Christians, keep pretending that God is on your side when you have no testimony of the gospel in your life. It's your responsibility to come into this realm. Come up here. Start living this life. The world is wicked. Your piety will not save you. What will save you is the spirituality of the reality of Christ. He are, you have been made alive together with him. He has raised you up with Christ. The same thing that raised Jesus from the grave and brought him out. You have it inside of you. Then you are seated with him in the heavenly places. In Christ. There's a seat that has been given to you. God is saying, my son, go and sit on that seat. That seat is very close to the seat of Jesus. Jesus is seated where? At the right hand of the Father in heaven. There are other seats by the right hand of Jesus. 
Anyone who is a member of his body has a seat there. Shout a big amen. amen. Go and take your own seat from there. Be looking at Jesus. What he say you to say in your life. If you say, my son, you are blessed. Tell them from that seat, I am blessed. Because he has said, I am blessed. That's why we are seated with him. Seated with him in the heavenly places. Not on the earthly places. So I have a seat. I have a seat. What are you doing there with the seat? Just there. What are you doing with the seat given to you? You are pushing for some seats in the office. Eh? You are dreaming and waiting and say, one day this seat I will sit there as a director, as a senior manager, as a which one? Help me with those names. Eh? Eh? I'm saying. You will come there. When I enter the office, you say, hmm, Father, in the name of Jesus. One that will sit here. Because you know that sitting there has his own uh, realities. So we are sitting with Christ and it has his own realities. God has given you a seat that's more than any other seat. If you sit here properly, you can sit anywhere. This seat is a prophetic seat, or it's not just a seat to sit down there. It's a seat that when you sit there, you can it is a, a, is a, is a, is a promotion. Is a promotion. When you sit here, it means you've been raised as a king. A seat, a territory has been given to you. The Bible says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. The word dwell is what? Yashab. Yashab means to sit. The word dwell is Yashab. The word Yashab means to sit. To sit. And to sit in this dimension is to sit as a judge. He who dwells in the secret place. He who sits in the secret place. The heavenly place is a secret place. So God has given you a seat in a secret place. When you sit there, you are sitting as a judge. And what judge does in court is what you do. You pass sentences with your gravel. You declare what? You pass sentence. And hit the gravel in the name of Jesus. The force of darkness have no option. They will obey you because you are exercising not your personal seat, but the seat of Christ that has a space for you. Shout a big amen. Amen. This is what we do in prayer closet. I'm begging God. You don't beg. God does not listen to prayer that you are begging. If begging makes God to respond, ha! Ah, if you don't get plenty things, our God is a God of principles. Say, I'm seated. Do you deserve it? Yes. You deserve it? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Uh -huh. You don't deserve it, but he gave it to you. So it's not because of your own effort. But by his grace, he has given you a seat. You have to learn to animate this thought in your mind. You must understand. Okay, sorry. Sister, as you are now, supposing you are the, you are the, what do you call the chief of police in the whole country? IG. IG. Inspector of police, you are the IG. And you are here now for Bible class. Hey, listen, listen now. Open your eyes, everybody. Hey, all of you who are doing meditation, look at me now. You are here. <laughs> you are here now doing Bible study, but you are the IG of police. Your office is in town, right? Okay. As you are here, you will get an intelligence that something is happening as far as they say, Ogun State or end of Calabar. 
Eh? And you, 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 and you get a report, something is happening, and you want 2,000 policemen to be there immediately. You just send a text message from here. Amen? Amen. Do you need to hey, say, I'm coming? You rush to the office and say, Let me sit down on my seat and start. Is a seat there, the meeting, or you? You're not following me at all. Good. The seat eh, is your your stool of authority, but your person is the person. So some are asking, eh, if we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places, let us go to the heavenly place and be there with Him. Are you feeling now? Yes. Now we are seated with Him, but on earth, yeah, moving around, eh? The seat is there, but we are here. We can give orders. So she's giving orders, not based on who she is as an individual, but based on what? Uh, seat. Uh, yes. So they respect her. I'm engaged in fact here. I'm bitter, black and blue. Raise her up, mess her up big time. But she's the head of security now. She's security apparatus in this country. But with her seat, she will send me to exile for a hundred, next hundred years. You see, so the strength is not in her physical capacity. Oh Jesus! Huh? It's not her body that is the IG. It's her office inside her. Touching her is touching the government. And the rot of that government, I will feel it. I will feel the impact of the rot of that government. So when the Bible says we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places, we truly have an office like the IG, but we are on assignment on earth here, and we can exercise our seat. I have a seat. I was, I was well coronated on that day. By virtue of your baptism in Christ, you were coronated, child of God. You have a seat. Your problem has been, this woman can also be a smoker, but she's dying, right? Yes. She can be a drunk. But in her drunken state, if she passes a sentence against you, what happens? Sorry. Would they say, no, don't mind this woman who is a drunkard? No. Eh? Yes. Eh. But the problem has, has been that you continue to exercise your own office based on how holy you are, you know. Whether you didn't fight today. Because I didn't quarrel, the devil must hear me. The day, the day you quarrel, the devil will not obey you. You think it's about you. It's not about you. It's about what? Seated with who? So the office you are exercising is the Christ's office. Yes. Are we together here? Yes. Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So these are the things that many Christians don't understand, and that's why all these forces will mess them up, invade their families, tear marriages apart, pick up their children, truncate them. You have fine kids. The first 
10 years, they are cool. Before they hit 20, they have turned to this. Because you don't exercise office over your children. You don't exercise office. You don't speak to forces infiltrating into the source of your children. You will see traits in their life. You caution them, but you go at the back and bind those forces. You exercise your seat. You exercise the life in you. You exercise that you've been raised. This is your coronation. When you were raised, you were crowned with a garment of salvation and the robe of righteousness. When you have received salvation, you are given a garment in the spirit. Not this physical one. When I show up before force of darkness, when they look me, they see. There's a garment that is wearing. They know I have tested salvation. They know the righteousness of Christ is my righteousness. Now the highest garment in the spirit is called the garment of immortality. That's the one that gives you superior spiritual over death. You close the gates of hell. You can open it and close it. When Paul was saying death, where is your power? That was the day he was clothed with immortality. He said, death, where is your power? Death, where is your stinge? And each time we partake of the Holy Communion, the Holy Communion is our garment of immortality. So when you live in the consciousness of the Holy Eucharist, continually, when death sees you, even without your passing judgment, just the way criminals fear judges, when death sees you, death is on the wrong. Don't believe me. For a reason, you have come again. Oh. For a reason, you have come again. Oh. This is your teaching now. Wow. Hmm. That's what it be. <laughs> if you believe it, pull your hand and say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Don't pray against death. You have authority over death. In whatever form it manifests itself. If you are ashamed to manifest where people are, lock the door. Yes. Because sometimes people are ashamed to feed. They're not, they're not free in the presence of people to keep the testimony of the truth. So when you notice that their presence is interfering with your spirit, say, sorry, can you go out? Lock that up for me. Then start shouting in your room alone. Start saying these things. Start enforcing them. Your mouth your tongue is the key that enforces these things in your life on a daily basis. Each time life faces me and I need to exercise this dimension, I say I've been raised with Christ. That means I'm demanding that you respect me, that Christ has saved me and has coronated me. I'm a man on uniform. Come on! I refuse to be shot down by you. Fear, you can't intimidate me. I'll be raised with Christ. Not because, my friend, I don't understand uh, uh, the, the way they say it. Father, the way they say this thing, I just hope that God, my God will not abandon me. Look at the person coronated, given a high place. He's now using tears to reduce himself as self before God. You made a life. It's no longer your own life. No demon deficiency. Then above all, you are seated with him. I have authority. I have power. 
My God did not just save me and say, go in the world and be. He gave, he invested in me. He coronated me. He gave me a seat of authority. I give you authority over unclean spirits, scorpions and serpents, to trample them on that foot. I give you authority. Then you guys one dream. Any day you come and share with me all these pinchomic dreams again. Why not get the revelation that you have been raised? All your revelation is always evil revelation. Why can't you see revelation that God is telling you you are alive in Christ? Every time is always snake, blood, accident. Because the devil has, has boxed you up in darkness and is feeding your mind with the things that will bring you down. You will never see good dream. Dream where you are clothed in the midst of angels. That you will see yourself in the leaders of angels and you were called up. Uh, your name was mentioned, and you, you looked around and everybody was looking at you. And then you step forward, and as you step forward, your garments were changing. And Jesus said, My daughter, I've raised you. And then just start singing. Child of God, wake up from this dream. Tell me, how will it be like? You're not responding to me now. You're only. You will say, Kay, my goodness, I saw it. Oh, Jesus, you start weeping, right? <laughs> this one. Sure, sure, sure. And if you now have such and then because I'm saying this person because that's sure, I understand what you're saying. That happened to you at the point I felt I had the strength. Once I passed my icon, I think that you believe the ones that passed my icon. Mm -hmm. and something happened that I was so angry that then I talked for one eye now. I talked and talked and talked. And then when I passed my icon, it felt like I was empty. I felt like I was empty. I felt like I was empty. I walked out. I felt I was empty. And then, somebody just told me, why did you have to go that path? Mm -hmm. For you to come back, for me to, for you to be rejuvenated with that strength, go and beg him and beg me mm -hmm. before that strength. And immediately I did that. It was just like a whole... Yes. If you listen to me from the beginning, I keep emphasizing that you cannot have this life and live the way you like. That you cannot have this life and live in bitterness, live in rancor and all that. I've always emphasized that. What I'm trying to say is, it's not that you, because you didn't quarrel that you have that power. I want to correct an impression because some Christians just believe that because. They are keeping themselves holy. So because of it, these things must happen. No. These things already are there. You are not quarreling and keeping yourself. You are just living the ethics of that life. So your power is not from the father you didn't quarrel. Your power is that the gift of God in you. Okay? Now, if you go and quarrel, if you go and start to wallow in anger and bitterness and unforgiveness, you are shutting yourself against this system. The Bible says a house divided against itself cannot stand. You see the point now? 
So I'm just trying to collect a pressure that is not because for the least to last one month, I've never quarreled, and I've not had any issue with anybody. That is why now I'm so powerful. So my power is in that I've not done any of these evil things. No, that is self righteousness. Your power is in what God gave to you originally in Christ. So if you are not exercising your place in Christ, it is not because you didn't quarrel on that, but because of the innate in deposit of God's reality in you. So when you now begin to live like before the world, you violate the laws governing this system. And the law governing this system is the law of love. I give you a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. That is, if you love, if you live in the atmosphere of love, then faith to their life and faith becomes the key that activates all these realities. Many Christians are down because they don't love. Love is not charity. That you think somebody close, not love. Love is an attitude of the heart. Thank you, precious Father. We give you all the glory. We honor you. Thank you for this great investment. Thank you, precious Father. Oh, appreciating for, you know, having made us alive in Christ. We are alive. And because we are alive, those sickness will live in our body. As many who are sick right now here, your sicknesses, on account of this testimony, we shut it down. We command it to, to be eaten up. To be eaten up. No sickness, no sickness, no sickness, no infirmity, no weakness, no harassment again in the chambers of your life, in your spirit, no mental sickness, no psychological sickness. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I appreciate the Lord's word in your heart right now. Thank you for making your life. You have a new life in you. We praise you, Lord. We praise you. Thank you for having raised us up. Thank you for the promotion. If God has promoted me, men must honor me. We've been raised, we've been raised, we've been raised, we've been raised. Whatever may be your expectation in the realms of God, promotion has come your way. And I command it to be made manifest in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You've been raised to come to stand for God. You've been raised to pursue his values. You've been raised to continue to fulfill his purpose on earth. In your work, in your career, in your family, God has raised you. God has clothed you. God has elevated you. In your spirit man to pray to bet his purposes in your life his purposes in your family go and become that light in your family go and shut down the doors of wickedness the doors of hatred the doors of selfishness go and stand for god don't live for futility don't live for carnality don't live for vanity go and live for the purpose of the kingdom advancing the kingdom of god in righteousness righteousness holiness that is what God is calling us to appreciate him. Thank him for that he has given you a seat in Christ. He has given you authority in Christ. Exercise authority by constant out of prayer. Make decrees over force of evil. Decree good things to happen in the name of Jesus. I decree prosperity. I decree holiness. I decree righteousness upon your life. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I command the hosts of wickedness to be, to be broken over your life. Whatever is limiting your work with God from this day forward, it is broken in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. You will soar like the eagles. Your righteousness will come alive. You will shine like light in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Your appetite for God will be enkindled. You will serve God 
in more radical way by the enabling power that comes from the Holy Spirit in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You will be the hand of God to rot his, his glory in the realms of earth. As you live your life every day, you will be his instrument in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You will bear fruit that lasts. You will bear fruit that has lasting impact. You will have the courage to live the life he has called you. You will overcome darkness. You will frustrate the culture of death. You will destroy the forces of evil. The darkness that covers the earth and the thick darkness in the minds of men and women. You will subdue them and bring them down in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You will be indefatigable in the affairs of life. Whatever hits you get shattered. Whatever you hit gets shattered in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You will have the wisdom to raise godly children. Your words in your house will burn. They will listen to you. They will live in this in, in, in obedience to the word of God that you speak to them in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You will raise stars and will shine. They will shine and their brightness will subdue the darkness and wickedness of this world in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Your family becomes a colony of the kingdom of God. In your home, angels will be ascending and descending because you are walking with the authority of Christ in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Precious Father, King of glory, by your spirit, may you reach out to your sons and daughters who are here. I pray, O Heavenly Father, that any atom of shame, any atom of frustration, whatever is limiting your children, every attack of every foul spirit and the spirits of Satan and his works, I command a hold over the life to be broken in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Whatever is your due and has been kept away from you because of ignorance, because of wickedness from today, it is losing unto you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Begin to walk in the path of God's glory. Begin to walk in the path of God's light. The Bible says that the Lord is one who orders the steps of the saints from this day forward. New ideas will direct your steps. Amen. You will take both steps that will bring you results in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Whatever is twisting your mind, I have confused in the past. Every sort of depression and confusion that hold over you is broken in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You will walk in the wisdom of God. You will walk in the grace of God. The love of God will compel you into things of divine realities in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Precious Father, breathe upon your children the breath of life from the top of their head down to the sole of their feet. Be saturated by the breath that comes from God. Be filled with boldness. Be rejuvenated now. Jesus, you so you know your sheep, and your sheep know you, and they hear your voice. Let your voice re-echo again in their hearts. Precious Father, they have come before you. They have come seeking you sincerely. I pray, oh Jesus, let your hand be stretched towards them. Let the burdens they have come with never go back home with them. May you extract their life, oh God. Whatever is any burden that is tormenting their minds and their bodies, that load they have in their family, I stand with them in faith. And I decree by the Holy Spirit, the end has come in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let the blessings of destiny for your children, let they begin to walk in the light of it. Let their dreams come true. 
let the visions of their destiny that I have shown them be made manifest in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. No more fear. Amen. No more intimidations. Amen. No more harassment of death. Amen. No more penury. Amen. No more negativity. Amen. Precious Father, in the name of Jesus, may your spirit abide with your people. Amen. May they be led by your spirit day and night. Amen. Receive the grace of divine supplication from this day forward. Amen. Your hunger for God we triple. You will pursue him beyond measure. Results shall follow you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Precious Father, thank you for clothing us with a garment of salvation. The joy of salvation shall be our portion. Thank you for your presence. You have covered us with a robe of righteousness. Precious Father, no more shame. Every garment of shame given to anyone in the spirit here that affects this person's destiny. The end has come today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, King of glory, for the authority you have given to us. We have what it takes to face the task of life. No more intimidations. Receive boldness to walk in the light of your place in Christ in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, my name I have given to you. In my name you shall cast out demons. In my name, you will open doors. In my name, you will solve problems. And so today, receive the revelation in the power in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Whenever you mention that name, heaven will be open unto you. Amen. Whenever you lift your hand and scream that name, the Holy Ghost will stand by you. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Precious Father, I speak over your children. No death will happen. No violence will come. No bloodshed will come near their tent. As many who are captured in their world, Heavenly Father, we decree and declare that the posterity of the righteous shall be delivered continually in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. For you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else, for you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. I lift you higher. Oh, I lift you
I see angels on assignment here right now. You will never remain the same. Just open yourself up to the unction of the Holy Spirit. Some cases in your life will be settled now. Just show yourself to the Lord. He's here in His majesty. He's here in His power. He's taking away sicknesses. He's taking away the hurdles in your life. I see the anointing of peace in families. Something is happening here right now. The Bible says he will purify the sons of Levi. Both issues that you are aware of in your life and the ones you are not aware something is going on right now. Jesus, thank you. <coughs> yes, Lord. The power of God is here. The power of God is here. Sanctification. I see light everywhere. The light of his glory. Child of God, this is a great moment. The water has been stirred. The water of the word of God. The Lord is asking us to go and wash in that water. Go and wash that part of your life. You feel that something is happening. Like the blind man, Bartimaeus, he asked him to go and wash. The man went and washed his eyes. Which part of you? That part of you that has been dominated. Wash it now as you present to the Lord. There's no like unto him. He's glorious in majesty. I see ministry angels here right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, precious Jesus. 
Doors are opening. Favor is coming. I see divine settlement. God is settling some cases in your life permanently now. I see angels ascending and descending now. There's administration going on here. Those cases in your life that have appeared as impossible, you've prayed about them, you've bookmarked about them, and you're like, we've given up. The Lord said no. I'm the God that answered by fire. The Lord is ministering to you now. He's visiting cases you have forgotten. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning, he's the end. He's the first, he's the last. Breathe on me, O Lord. Breathe on me, O Lord. Breathe on me, O Lord. Breathe on me. I have made up my mind to serve you for life. Breathe on me, O Lord. Breathe on me. Breathe on me. Breathe on me, O Lord. Breathe on me, O Lord. Breathe on me, O Lord. Breathe on me. I have made up my mind to serve you for life. Breathe on me, O oh Lord. Breathe on me. 